Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. I just want to wish a happy Father's Day to all of you who are. It's, uh, it's only right that we have a day like that. I'm not saying it because I'm a father, but the scripture says that we're to honor our father and our mother. So it's only fitting that we have a Father's Day and a Mother's Day. It's scriptural. We're supposed to love and honor those who have given their lives to us. My mother and my father passed away a long time ago, but I still honor them, and I still thank God for them. Hallelujah. Fatherhood is a tremendous responsibility. When God created man and woman, male and female, he told them to go forth and multiply and be fruitful. And when they produced children, he called the male producer a father. And he called the female a, a mother. He gave, he gave the man the same name that he has, father. Because the man is supposed to be to his family what God is to his creation. It's a tremendous responsibility. God gives us great authority as fathers. We are a tremendous influence in the lives of our family, more, more so than I think most men realize how important it is to be a, the father's influences in a family. And, uh, but with great authority comes great responsibility. And I, I'm not, I don't know, I just, I'm struggling today because I feel like I don't, I'm not speaking so much maybe to fathers here but the fathers maybe that might be listening. Or, uh, but it's one of the greatest problems we have in our country today. It's not economic. It's not political. It's lack of fathers in the home. Children that are having to be raised by single parents that are doing their best, their absolute best, but God's best is for a child to be raised by his father and his mother both. It takes both to really cement in a child the security and the affirmation that he needs. I just want to share a little bit this morning about our perfect father, which is our heavenly father. Because even if your father was not the best, even if your father had some real problems, some real dysfunctions, and mine did, and my wife's father did, we weren't raised in, you know, our fathers were there but our fathers weren't loving. Our fathers weren't godly. Our fathers didn't raise us the way we should. And so we grew up with dysfunction. We brought that dysfunction into our marriage. And we struggled for a long time because of it. But thank God that he came into our lives. And he showed us a new way, a better way. A way that, the way God's way. That we can be to our family what they need. Only by the grace of God and the power of God. Father, I just bless you today. I surrender to you, Lord. Help me. Help me to bring this word 
to encourage those here today and those who are listening that they have a even if they had a father that was not there or a father that was dysfunctional that they have a new a heavenly father who loves them who affirms them who assures them and who will give them the blessings that they deserve in Jesus name hallelujah what do you think about when you think about God what's your perception of him it's important because we're taught that we're being conformed to his image. And what's the image that we're being conformed to? What comes into our minds, you know? I think if you, if you took a group of people and sat them around a room and you said, oh, who is God to you? What, do you, what, do you, what is he like? I don't, I don't think one person would speak up and say, well, God is, to me, he's like this. And everybody else would say, yeah, that's right, I agree. We have different concepts of God depending on the home that we were raised in, the church that we went to, yeah, and the, the father that we had. I remember listening to Ray, I believe it was a guy named, there's a guy named Ray Comfort. He has a lot of YouTube videos. He goes out in the streets. Uh, I, I don't know, it's never up here. It's always like in California or someplace. But uh, he goes out in the street and he t talks to people about God. And I know one young man... He said, uh, he was talking to me, he said, but God wants to be your father. And this young man said, if God's, if, if God's like my father, I don't want any part of him. But that was his concept of God. His concept of if God was, that if he's like my dad, I don't want nothing to do with him because my father was, was terrible. And we don't want that. We want, God, we want people to love God, to know God as father, and to appreciate him and to let him love them the way he should have. For some people, God is an impersonal kind of a spiritual uh, entity that he's out there somewhere. You know, this is, a lot of people have this impression about God. He, it's, the, it's the old wind up the clock and let it go. Like God started everything, but then he just kind of removed himself. He's kind of like the governor or the president. He's, he's watching over us kind of indirectly. He's caring for us indirectly. But you don't know him personally. He's, over the, he's out there somewhere. We don't know him personally. That's the impression that some people have. For others, he's, he's just like a, some kind of a, a, like a scorekeeper. He's demanding this from us. He's demanding that we act a certain way, that we live a certain way, and he's kind of keeping score. And he keeps score of the good, and he keeps score of the bad, and he's ready to club you if you, if you miss it, you know. And, uh, and for others, he's just, he's just somebody who bails them out. You know, they don't, they don't live for God. They don't know God. But when something happens, they expect, somehow they expect God to come running in and give them a miracle. I'm trying to decide how many testimonies I'm supposed to share. But there was a guy I used to fly with. I'll even call his name, Alan Youngberg. Alan Youngberg, if you're out there somewhere listening, I pray for you. Alan Youngberg was this, he was, he was, jo he was this guy, he was the most jovial guy I've ever met. He had a tremendous sense of humor. He kept everybody laughing all. He was really a funny guy. And, uh, but he, he didn't know God. And everybody in, the, everybody in my squadron knew that, you know, Paquette found God. They, they didn't say that. Paquette found religion. That's what they said. Paquette found religion. And uh, so they, they, every once in a while on the QT, they'd come in and ask you something. And our squadron commander used to always say, uh, every airplane has a set of what they call emergency procedures. And you have to know these, I mean, by heart. 
you know, stick center forward or neutral throttle idle EDM button to press. That's the spin procedure for F106. I, I, it'll never go away from me. I mean, it's, it's there forever. But all the emer he'd say he'd say this. He'd say you need to n know your emergency procedures like you know the Lord's prayer, assuming that everybody knew the Lord's prayer. Well, one day. Al Youngberg and I are sitting alert up in Loring Air Force Base in, in Maine, and uh, we're just kind of sitting there, sitting around watching TV, and he says, I, I, I got to ask you something. And he's like, ha, 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 I got to ask you something, ha, 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 He said, you know how, you know, Colonel Lowe always says we need to, we need to uh, know our emergency procedures like the Lord's Prayer. I said, yeah. He said, what's the Lord's Prayer? I was shocked that somebody didn't know the Lord's Prayer. It's amazing sometimes what you think everybody knows and they don't. But here's obviously someone who knew nothing of God, nothing of scriptures. And so I told him what the Lord's Prayer was. And, uh, but then he got real mad at God because he, had a, he didn't have any children. He, he didn't have any children, but he had a dog, and his dog was old, and his dog was sick, and his dog probably needed to be put down. But somehow he wanted God to come and give his dog another 20 years of life. And, uh, and when God didn't do it, he got mad at God, and that was, that was the end of it, as far as I knew. But we have an impression of God. God is not just someone who's going to come and just bail us out, and then we can say thank you very much and drop the parachute and walk away. He's our life. He's, he wants us to live for him. But it's critical what we believe in God. Because if we're going to be conformed to his image, we want to be like him, who he really is. If we have a flawed view of God, we end up with flawed Christianity. But thank God we're not left to figure it out ourselves. Jesus came to show us who the Father was. Look what it says in John Chapter 4. Chapter, I'm sorry, 14. In John chapter 14. In verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say Show us the Father. Jesus was the exact representation of God on the earth. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am the way, he said, the truth and the life in verse 6. No one comes to the Father but through me. So the way to the Father, the way to know the Father is through Jesus. He's the way. He's the way to what? The way to the Father. He's the one that leads us into the revelation of the Father. He's the one that demonstrates in us what the Father. He's the one that demonstrates to us what the Father is. God was represented as Father rarely in the Old Testament. You don't see really. You don't really see God as Father in the Old Testament. You see Him as as Lord, as Creator, as Sovereign, as an Almighty God. The Jewish people knew Him that way. But Jesus said when he came, there's going to be a new relationship because we're not going to just be the people of God. We're going to be children of God. And there's a big difference. The Jewish people were his people. But God said when Jesus came, those who believe on me are going to become children of God. And we're going to become part of the family of God. 
And just as God is my father, Jesus basically said, he's going to be your father. And so he taught us to pray. So when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven. Not our Lord, not our King, not our Judge, not our Creator. Our Father. God wants us to relate. Jesus wants us to relate to God as the Father. When you talk to him, talk to him as your Father. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Not your boss, not your ruler, but your father. God wants, God wants us to relate to him as father. When, when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, coming up out of the water, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And a voice came out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son. Not my servant, not my representative. He said, this is my beloved son. Jesus was a son to the Father. The only and only a father can call his son a son. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, God, it's inherent in every one of us to please the Father. I see this so many times, over and over again. Kids are looking for their father's approval, for their father's affirmation. You know, it's like how many times you see, you see a little kid say, Daddy, Daddy, watch me. Watch me jump in the water. Watch me ride my bike. Daddy, watch me do this. Daddy, watch me jump off the stair or something. They're looking for their father's attention. They need their father's attention. They need their father's approval. And it's up to us to give it to them. But we, we can't if we have flawed images of who God is. Hallelujah. Without a father... Something's missing. My heart goes out to women, especially, that are single, that have to raise, that have the whole burden of, of raising the children. God will bless you, and God will provide for you. And God will do his best, but it's always best to have, if possible, to have both the father and the mother present. Without a father, there's a gap. Something's missing. And that can be partially filled by a family member or maybe a teacher or a coach, but never totally filled from the, from the Father. Jesus hadn't healed anyone. He hadn't performed any miracles. He hadn't taught anyone. He hadn't delivered anyone. He hadn't been to the cross. He hadn't shed his blood. He hadn't accomplished all of that. But first thing the Father said to him, in you I'm well pleased. See, it wasn't a performance issue. It wasn't, I'm pleased with you only after you do certain things. He said, no, I love you for who you are. Fathers have to say, I love you for who you are. It's, it's not, it doesn't matter whether you, can, whether you can perform and do anything. I just love you for who you are. And our kids need to have that from a father. We acknowledge God as father, but we're not afraid of him because he is our father. And fatherhood is being attacked like in no other time. The devil wants to remove fathers from families, to remove their influence, because it will keep us from properly relating to God. What was your father like? There are different times of fathers we grew up with. Some fathers were just absent. They're just not there uh, for whatever, divorce, dysfunction, maybe even a death. But some of us grew up just without our fathers, and there was a hole in our lives. Others grew up with abusive fathers 
who didn't who not only didn't love us, they didn't bless us, they injured us, they hurt us physically, mentally, verbally. Some of us grew up with fathers that are performance oriented. You know, fathers that you can never please, that are always demanding more from you, always critical of your accomplishment, never do enough for them. That hurts. And we grow up, we grew up struggling with a father to try to please him and never can. My father was like a passive father. He was there, but he wasn't there. He never took an active role in the family, especially with the children. He, I don't remember my dad ever hardly speaking to us, never, never loving us, never affirming us. He was just a provider. That's basically all he was. It was up to my mother to take care of the kids and take care of the house and do everything. My father just, all he did was get mad if things didn't go his way. That was what I was raised to. But then there was a good father. Some of us were raised with good fathers. Not perfect, but good. They loved us. They encouraged us. They exhorted us to be our best. But they accepted you for who you are. And that's what we need to do, dads. Dads need to love your children just for who they are. If there's correction that needs to come, fine. Correct them lovingly. But love them just for who they are. They need that input from you. It's, it's critical. Train up a father, train up a child, the Bible says, in the way they should go. And the primary responsibility for training children doesn't fall to women. It falls to the father. When my, when my wife and I first came to Rome in 1976, God led us to a little Methodist church up in Staben, about 100 yards down from where our daughter-in-law grew up. The pastor was Bob Smallman. And one of the things that bothered me was there were several men, you might yeah, there were several men. Not there were several men in the church, but there were several others that would bring their wife and kids and drop them off and leave. And the service would go for about an hour and then Sunday school would go for 45 minutes. So you could you could just come back at a specific time and everything would just be always over at a certain time. And so they would drop them off. And I thought, you know what, that's teaching that boy that you're dropping off. They're teaching him that church is for women. And as soon as he gets big enough and he gets married, he can bring his wife and kids to church, but he doesn't have to go. But fathers need to set the example of godliness in the home. It's why It's why... That's why God chose Abraham. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 18. God chose Abraham because it says, I have chosen him, Abraham. Genesis 18, 19, listen. I've chosen Abraham, him, so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the ways of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. So God said one of the main reasons why I chose Abraham, because he would command his children after him. One of the principal functions of a man is to, is to lead his family in godliness. Don't leave it up to the women. Take the initiative. Take the leadership that God has given us. And it says basically the same thing in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, God puts... The responsibility, basically on, primarily on the man. The Bible says in Ephesians that the fathers are supposed to raise their children in the wisdom and the admonition of the Lord. We don't, one, of the, one of the main things we can do as fathers to help our families is to be a godly father, to live it before them, to love their mother 
and to show and to and to be the one that insists that our families go to church, that our children should see us acting godly, praying, worshiping God, living for God, reading scripture. When when they grow up with that, it'll be very natural for them to be that way. Hallelujah. In Deuteronomy chapter six and verse seven, this is what and well we'll start reading in verse five. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons, who's see not to your daughters, but fathers. Also to daughters, but fathers to their sons. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. You shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets on your foreheads. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Fathers teaching the word, living the word before their children. Godly fathers teach their children about God and live and demonstrate a godly life before them. And if you'll do that, your kids will follow you. Your kids will follow you in the ways of God. They'll accept the Lord. They'll live for God, and it's the greatest thing. The worst mistake any father could make is to teach their children to be successful in the world, but failures with God. And I've seen it so many times, even in my own family, my own brothers and sisters, Raising their children to be successful in the world, but not to go, but to have nothing to do with God. And I pray for them because I'm concerned for their lives. God is like the good father, but more, he's the perfect father. He's everything we ever wanted to and needed a father to be. He loves us for who we are. He changed. He takes us through the trials of life and he blesses us. In Psalm 68 and verse 5, the Bible says God is a father to the fatherless. He sets the solitary in families. You feel alone, you feel like you have no family, you feel like your father was, doesn't love you or is not, maybe not around, come to God, give your life to God. See him as your father. He's a father to the fatherless. He sets the solitaries in families. Your father may have been dysfunctional, but God will lift you up. God will affirm you. God will love you, and God will make you feel worthwhile, worthy of his blessings. He'll put you in a family, and he'll surround you with love and support you. He wants to wrap his arms around you and make you feel more loved than you've ever known. God is a good heavenly. He's a perfect father in heaven. And he's our father now. Our home is in heaven. And our father lives there. And our father wants to love you and make you feel secure. See how great the Bible says. See how great a love the father has for us that we should be called children of God. We're not just his servants. We're not just his followers. He calls us his children. He gives us his name. The Bible says that we've been adopted, and we cry out to him, Abba, Father. I just pray for everyone here today 
You know, there's some things we can't change. If you were raised in a dysfunctional home, in a home with a lot of strife, in a broken home, if you weren't raised in a loving home, I can't change that. But God can take away the hurts and the wounds, and God can put you in a new road, in a new, on, in a new track, in a new way of life, in security and peace, and and you can become all that God has created you to be, because He is your heavenly Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, Jesus said, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and Him to whom the Son wills to reveal. So Jesus is the one who will reveal the Father to us, who will make God the Father very real to you so that you will know his love, you'll know his security, you'll know his peace, you'll know his acceptance, and you'll know that you're okay and you're loved by God. So Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have revealed yourself to us not just as Lord, not just as creator, not just as sovereign, not just as judge, but you are our Father, that you have welcomed us into your family, that you surrounded us with love, that you've accepted us, that you affirm us, that you believe in us, that you are going to bless us, and you're going to cause us to be all that you've raised us up to be. We bless you, Lord. We surrender to you. We thank you for giving your life to us that we might be part of your family, become your children. I pray for everyone here, Lord, that they would know your love in a new way, in a greater way, and they would never, never, ever again feel inferior, feel insecure, but knowing only that God is their Father and that God loves them. He always will. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, and amen, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being my Father. Thank you, Lord, for receiving me. Thank you, Lord, for showing me the way, for showing me how to love my family, for showing me how to love others, for showing me how to be an example that you want me to be on this earth. Thank you for being my Father for raising me up in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us Visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.